We've all heard that you are what you eat, but what if changing what you eat could make you happy? For other folks, you know, especially people who are really eating poorly, who aren't moving their bodies, who aren't uh, connected to their community, who um, aren't in touch with some aspects of their spiritual health, there's so, there's so much that you can do to really uh, shift your human experience and have a much more connected and much more positive human experience. And, and food is a, is a part of that. Psychiatrist, author, and farmer, Drew Ramsey, MD, is one of psychiatry's leading voices when it comes to using nutrition as a form of mental health interventions. An assistant professor of psychiatry at Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons and chair of the American Psychiatric Association Council on Communications, Drew also is founder of the Brain Food Clinic in New York City, which offers treatment for depression, anxiety, and emotional wellness concerns by relying upon the latest in brain science, nutrition, and mental health research. Drew talked with Live Happy Science editor Paula Phelps about how changing the way you eat can change the way you feel for good. Drew, it is a pleasure, as always, to have you on the Live Happy Now podcast. And we're back here talking about one of our favorite topics, which is food. Paula, it's great to be with you all. And uh, we've done so many, much work over the years together. And it's really it's nice to be back with you also now that it feels like we're, it, it's getting some traction, this uh, connection between food and brain health and depression. So, yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah, I, I think one thing that people might be surprised is that you, you're a psychiatrist, but you're so interested in food. And finding a psychiatrist who is so interested and so informed is unique. So can you tell us how you got interested in food and what it does for our brains? Well, sure. I mean, psychiatrists are medical doctors, and so we really... You know, I came at medicine through just a love of science and biology and the natural world. But, you know, everybody should also know I'm a, I'm a, in, I'm a country boy. I'm, I'm a farm <laughs> boy from Indiana. And so I, 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 I'm, I grow a lot of food. I'm doing this interview right now, sitting looking out at my front field as my family and I are planning what we're going to grow. We just harvested some sunflower sprouts from a little hoop house. So, um, so, so food has always been a big part of our, my life and my family's life. And, as I became a psychiatrist, and I was, I was um, traditionally trained, I went to IU Medical School here in Indiana, then went out to Columbia University where I did my specialty training in adult psychiatry. Uh, it, you know, it just it was very interesting that we didn't, we don't connect the dots in a certain way, and we, we don't talk about food and ask about food, even though, you know, every physician knows it's just basic common sense, as Hippocrates, Hippocrates said, you know, let thy food be thy medicine, thy medicine be thy food. So it, it's... Um, I think I think that we're seeing a sea change starting to happen, especially with some of the great data coming out on how food and exercise influence brain health and, and our risk of depression and dementia. Well, there is a huge connection between food and dementia, but how did you start discovering that? And how have you been able to push that message out to others, particularly your, your patients and your clients? Well, uh, you know, it actually came, uh, like a lot of things happened in people's career, it came a little bit uh, by accident that, um, uh, you know, psychiatric medications have a lot of benefits for people. Um, I know there's some controversy maybe in that statement, but not, not for me. I mean, I, I, I work with a lot of patients and I see, I see uh, some great things happening with medicines, but a lot of medicines also come with side effects like weight gain. And so early in my career, as I was uh, treating a more severely mentally ill population with schizophrenia and severe bipolar disorder, you know, a lot of patients are gaining weight, and and you know, one I just it forced me to address that, 
and to, to start giving that standard advice that we generally hear, you know, you should eat fewer calories and don't eat fat and don't eat cholesterol. And first of all, that, that didn't work, but for patients at all, right? You know, nobody, nobody really responds to that type of messaging in my clinical experience. Right. But also I, I started to really look into the science and, I, and it wasn't very impressive, especially when we began to understand, you know, and this is back in, you know, we're trying to talk in 2003, 2004, and we're starting, we were starting to understand then nutritionally that, you know, really sugar is, is a much, much bigger villain than, uh, than fat. We learned that fat probably really isn't a villain, right? That your brain is made of fat, for example, and all that omega-3 fat science started coming on board, which is really, really exciting, especially for brain health. Your, your brain uh, is made of these very specialized, long-chained omega-3 fats. And so I think that kind of science started to compel me along with my own personal experience. And then, you know, Paula, what really changed for me is that it just made clinical practice so much more fun. And I think, you know, I'm a psychiatrist. People come to see me for, you know, hard, at hard times in their life. And there was something about connecting on that human level about what we eat and our struggles to eat well and, and brainstorming about, you know, like I meet a lot of patients who don't like seafood because they've never tried it. And so it becomes very creative, fun, what, what I call alliance-building uh, part of my clinical work. Well, I think one thing, you know, we did talk about this subject, you and I, for the story that's in the current issue of Live Happy, and it's the happy brain, healthy brain. And one thing that I really took away from that, from you, is you talked about this isn't like if you made one mistake at one meal, your day's not over. You have every hour, you know, it's not just every day you can make good decisions, but every hour you have a chance to change the decision you already made and to correct that. So you, you're really empowering us to improve our mental health just by what we take out of the refrigerator. Well, that's my hope. I mean, I, I like that word empower. I really think that's what a good doctor does. You know, a, a good physician, I think, really empowers you to live your healthiest uh, life. And, and that, that, uh, that, that's, that's my hope, at least for all of my patients and for the people who, who read my work and take our course, is that they'll use this, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hear a little light will go off in their head when they walk by the leafy greens and they'll say, like, you know, that food category is money, like that. <laughs> that's the one you want. You know, put, put that in the cart, you know, and they'll see, uh, and they'll put the fridge and they'll kind of get a little creative and they'll start putting vegetables together using different colors and, you know, they'll be following these, uh, the rules of brain food, um, which really, you know, they just help your brain be healthier. I mean, people are always asking me, well, you know, can I get off my meds or, or you know, how will this change my life and my mental health? And and I give folks the same answer, which is our mental health is a really, really personal and individual thing. I've met some of the healthiest individuals, better lifestyle than I could ever imagine. And, you know, they require medications every day to stay well. And I, I think that's, I, I like that story, and I think it's wonderful because they're well. And for other folks, you know, especially people who are really eating poorly, who aren't moving their bodies, who aren't uh, connected to their community, who um, aren't in touch with some aspects of their spiritual health, there's so, there's so much that you can do 
to really uh, shift your human experience and have a much more connected and much more positive human experience. And, and food is a, is a part of that. When I think we talk about practices like gratitude and mindfulness, and I think it's easy for people to see how that will affect their brain health, but it's more difficult to see how is what I eat going to affect my brain. So can you talk a little bit about how food does affect conditions like depression, anxiety, uh, and even schizophrenia? How, how does that Yeah, work? for sure, Paula. And, you know, it's so, it's so interesting to me because you know, our brains are made out of food. Right. So, but I agree a lot. We don't really make that connection. I think psychiatry and neurology and medicine haven't made enough of that connection. But so first of all, let's just start with the basics. Think about it. Every little molecule up there, the serotonin and the dopamine, all of the, the insulation, these specialized fats around your brain cells, all of those molecules started at the end of your four. And, and, and so food is the essential ingredient um, uh, to the brain. And then there are certain nutrients, and my last cookbook, Eat Complete, it's a nutritional psychiatry cookbook, focused on the, the, the nutrients most important for the brain. Lots of people have heard of vitamin B12 or the long-chain omega-3 fats, DHA and EPA or zinc. So these have very important roles in all of our cells, but particularly in our brains. Um, and we know that when you're low on vitamin B9 folate, um, or if you don't eat enough iodine, or if you don't get enough iron and you have an anemia, that frankly causes depression. You can think about it, your, your brain cells just don't have the basic ingredients to do what they need to do. Paula, another way that our food relates to our brain health, and this is, I think, the exciting new science, revolves around brain growth, or what's called neuroplasticity. And that's just the idea that your brain is always growing, always changing, always making new connections. And when we feed it right, we know there are a number of nutrients that directly stimulate our what we have a master brain growth regulator, which is a brain hormone called BDNF, a brain-derived neurotrophic factor, just sort of science talk for this stuff. If you're on brain cells, boy, they grow, they reach out, they make more connections. And so that's why Eat to Beat Depression and Eat Complete uh, and sort of all, all of our work in nutritional psychiatry revolves around these nutrients. We prioritize those because, first of all, they travel together. We know if you're eating a diet that's high in zinc or, or high in omega-3 fats, you're going to get a lot of the other key nutrients. Um, a great example is we, we talk a lot about seafood and the bivalves, mussels, clams, and oysters. And they're not only a great source of zinc and vitamin B12, they also are really loaded with long-chain omega-3 fats. And so, so throughout sort of the grocery store, when you start eating for brain health, you're going to be seeking out different foods. And that's really, you know, when I, when I think about, you know, my scalpel as a nutritional psychiatrist, like what, what do I hope to do? <laughs> I really hope to change people in the grocery store. <laughs> I want you to look at your shopping cart today and then get involved with uh, some of this information about food and brain health and get your cart in a month. And if it hasn't changed, I feel like I haven't done my job. Eating well for your brain affects everything else. Like you said, if you have type 2 diabetes, if, if there are heart conditions, or if you're trying to stave off any of those conditions. So it's really this, this not really a cure-all, because um, that would be a bold claim, but it fixes a lot of ills. Yeah, and, and let's just break down why that is, because there's a real good common sense reason why, why it's that way. What is your hungriest cell, the number one most important cell for you to feed in your body are your brain cells? And they're ravenous. Your brain is, uh, gosh, it's just three pounds. It consumes 20% of all the calories you eat. 
400 calories a day. It's burning. It's burning fuel day and night. I mean, for me to burn 400 calories, Paul, I got to get on the treadmill. <laughs> that takes forever. some work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's work, right? That's uh, the brain is just churning along, right? Burning calories, and 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 so we want to. Uh, we we want to feed it first. And when you feed it first, you're looking for foods that we are called uh, nutrient-dense. So they have the most of these, uh, I mean, 21 of them in Eat Complete. I mean, you know, all nutrients have some brain function, but there are 21 that have, like, particularly interesting data. Stuff, for example, a lot of people have heard of folate or folic acid, but um, not many folks have heard of, of choline or not as many. And choline is like a cousin of folate. It's this really important bee-like vitamin. And you only find it in a few foods. And if you look in the brain, there are all these interesting compounds, like one's called phosphatidylcholine. And you know, a lot of people, maybe you've taken brain supplements, see those in the supplements, and, and anybody who knows my work, I really am going to encourage you to just get it from food. I want you to get your choline and eggs and real tofu. Uh, those are your two top sources. Uh, but but we look at those nutrients and we try to find what are the foods that have the most of these nutrients per calorie, and that's what you base your diet out of. And, and that's why you stay your normal weight is you're feeding your brain for the minimum number of calories needed. This is a great topic, and I want to, uh, you know, you treat a lot of people in your office and and through the other work that you do, but now you've got this course, Eat to Beat Depression, and I'm going to guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it's helpful for People, even if they don't have depression, that that anyone who well, wants to improve their brain health is going to benefit from that. Is that correct, Paula? That, that's exactly correct because you know one of the premises of my work is that um, mental health depends on brain health, and brain health depends on food, and 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 that's really. Uh, I don't think food is a miracle cure. I think it is a necessity for our brains and. I just want to help people get that right based on the latest science. I mean, there's a lot of people trying to influence your eating behavior for all kinds of different reasons and motivations. And uh, I try to be really clear with folks that my motivation is really to help people eat for brain health based on the, the science that's come out. It's really exciting. And everybody, for example, knows, you know, the Mediterranean diet is healthy. But, you know, if you're an American living in the Midwest, <laughs> it's going to be a challenge. Like, well, it's just like, you know, what's that mean? If you want to improve your brain health, I'm going to tell you there, there are two things that I, I know uh, can help you no matter what situation you're in, uh, and that is changing uh, how you think about food and eating for high nutrient density of uh, the nutrients that your brain needs, omega-3 fat, zinc, B12, B9, and, and the whole, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but then phytonutrients, it's a whole cool, interesting science about plants that I get into in the course a little bit. Uh, and the other is, is to move your body. Um, you know, we call this exercise, but I think we have just become a more sedentary society, and there's you know, a lot of reasons for that. Uh, we spend a lot of time on our screens, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, again, if you want to improve your brain health, the science is so clear now. Um, it's just a really interesting study came out. I, I did a report uh, for Medscape Psychiatry on it, and, and it covered it um, a couple places called the, it's the Hunt Study. It, it was a it's a trial that's been following people since the uh, 1984 in Norway in a county and they're really involved in the study so they've got great metrics on gosh I think it's 35,000 people wow. what they found is individuals who exercise just one hour a week uh, they had uh, significantly lower rates of depression 
And, and the researchers estimated that if all adults exercised one, about one and a half hours a week, that we would have a 12% less depression worldwide. See, that's amazing, because we can all give up an that, hour or 90 minutes. That's, that's doable. Well, and, and everybody, you know, it, when we turn it into movement, I mean, I do, I, I'm constantly moving out here on the farm. I uh, love to go on big, long walks and uh, I jog occasionally and I try to work out in the gym occasionally. But I really, really love uh, the feeling when my body is, is, is moving and I'm physically fit. And so I, I would, just like uh, with uh, food and then eat to be depression, <laughs> actually so that we're, we're going through it. And one of the major themes that came out from the filming was what we call food joy. And we had to sort of film another video saying, what is this food joy? What is food joy? Food joy is having a joyful and fun relationship with food. And that's how food should be. So many people, food is a fearful thing. Food is the enemy, right? Food is the addiction. And it's just awful uh, in terms of, uh, you know, something that all of us have to do, you know, two or three times, four times a day, right? To to approach that with um, a sense of dread or a sense of hopelessness or confusion, (laughs) Uh, so yeah, so eat to be depression. I want to get people feeling joyful about their food. I, I hope what everybody hears is you know a simple message that if 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 you're struggling with your mood, and I think Paula, to get back to your question, yes, eating for brain health helps with depression, helps with d- dementia risk. Um, I've reviewed all of the data on anxiety and anxiety disorders and nutrition, and there's not a lot of data, but in my experience. Certainly, um, eating for brain health helps with, with all of the major mental health disorders. That's a, that's such a gift that you are giving people. And the e-course, Eat to Beat Depression, is that, uh, how many segments is that? How, how is it set up and organized? Yes. So so the e-course is, uh, they're all short videos, because, uh, and, and you get about, uh, I think it's about 70 videos, and, and they're divided into different modules. There are a couple modules that just explore the notion of, of brain health and depression, and just I wanted to cover the new science, things like the SMILE study that came out. Uh, gosh, we're, we're, we're just, it's exactly one year old. Its birthday was yesterday. Oh, wow. January. <laughs> 31st, 2017, and that was the first ever randomized uh, clinical trial that looked at a Mediterranean diet to treat clinical depression. And this wasn't like people with low moods. This was actually people with uh, severe to moderate depression on research rating scales. The majority of them were actually in uh, treatment um, or on a medication, and they added a Mediterranean diet onto the diet, and about 32% of the people uh, in the treatment group who got the Mediterranean diet or were taught to, to, to eat the Mediterranean diet, uh, they went to full remission. As I say, if, if that were a medication, that would be like blockbuster, billion-dollar, game-changing That's amazing. And so I really appreciate you joining us here today. Uh, we will direct our listeners um, on our website to how they can learn more about Eat to Beat Depression as well as your other books so they can start learning more of this for themselves. That, that's wonderful, Paula. Thank you so much, and, and thank you for all you and Live Happy Do, and just for everybody listening who, who stayed on this long. Thank you for your attention, and... You know, I, I hope I hope you hear my voice in the grocery store saying, "Try out some new crunchy vegetables and get some leafy greens, and uh, most importantly, take great care of your amazing brain because uh, 
it is by far the most important asset you have and it deserves your care and attention. And with it, I am sure you're going to do really wonderful things. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Drew Ramsey's Eat to Beat Depression course, visit our podcast page at livehappy.com where you'll find a promotional code for 15% off his course. That's all for this episode of Live Happy Now. I am Jeff Sanders wishing you a phenomenal day and hoping that every single day you live happy.